Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Turn in your Bible, if you will, please. We're going to be looking in First and Second Timothy. First and Second Timothy. There are a number of passages of scriptures that we will be taking a look at this morning. So keep your fingers in those two books. First Timothy, Second Timothy. They're in the New Testament, close to the end of your New Testament. Uh, page 1127. <clears throat> Always good to have you in service, Greg. Always good to have you in service. Whatever happened to Moses' children? Moses, you know the Old Testament prophet and lawgiver? Do you even know their names? Dennis Prager said, quote, Essentially nothing is said about Moses' sons in the Bible. It seems they didn't amount to much which raises the issue of the difficulty many children of great people have in leading successful and satisfying lives. In his book, Overcoming Life's Disappointments, Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote, Sometimes a father casts so large a shadow that he makes it hard for his children to find the sunshine they need to grow and to flourish. Sometimes the father's achievements are so intimidating that the child gives up any hope of equaling him. But mostly, I suspect, it takes so much of the father's time and energy to be great in some ways but not in all ways, that he has too little time left to be a father. The daughter of South African leader Nelson Mandela was quoted as saying to her father, You are the father of all our people, but you never had time to be a father to me. End quote. All children and every child is a special blessing from God. Amen. Would you say amen to that? Amen. All children and every child is a special blessing from God. King Solomon sang in the 127th Psalm, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. 
Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. All children and every child is a special gift from God. Timothy grew up in the town of Lystra in the province of Galatia in Asia Minor. His mother was a Jewish Christian named Eunice. His father was a Greek man whose name is unknown, not recorded in Scripture. Other than the brief mention of him in Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, nothing is said of Timothy's father. And that's an important thing to note, women. It's an important thing to note. Eunice, Timothy's mother, may, well have, may very well have been a single mother raising her only son, but she was not alone. Lois, her mother, helped her to raise him. From Timothy's life, as I stated earlier, I want to draw two lessons that I believe are important for families and for the church to consider in raising our young people today. Two important lessons. Lesson number one, children are a blessing from God and they must be nurtured in the word of God. Children are a blessing from God and they must be nurtured in the word of God. In Acts chapter 16 verse 1, the apostle Paul was on his second missionary journey when he came to Derby and Lystra and he found a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. Now, despite Eunice's marital situation, she focused her attention on young Timothy and gave him a deep understanding of the scriptures which eventually resulted in his salvation. Paul writes in 2 Timothy verses three, uh, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Look at them, if you will, with me, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, You continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. From childhood you learned the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now think with me for a minute. 
Eunice most likely raising her child with the help of her mother, Lois. No word of Timothy's father. He was a Greek. He may have been a soldier. He may have abandoned them because of his paganism and because of their faith. He may very well have been dead. But this single mother is tasked with raising her child. What resources, what resources did Eunice have to train her son in Christian faith? What resources did she have to raise her son in Christian faith? I think she had three resources. First of all, she had the scriptures. But understand, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. All she had were the Old Testament scriptures. And yet, dear friends, I submit to you the truth that even the Old Testament itself is sufficient enough to lead a person to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is all over the Old Testament. The Old Testament points to the truth and to the reality of who Jesus would be when he came from heaven to walk among us. The prophets spoke about him. The law spoke of him. Everything with regard to the worship of the Hebrew people reflected the truth of who Jesus Christ would be. She had the Old Testament. And she used the Old Testament scripture to steep her son in the knowledge of who God is and who the Messiah would be when he appeared. But I submit to you there is a second resource that Eunice had. Paul said that when he came to Lystra, he had already met this Christian family. Well, how did they know about Jesus Christ apart from the Apostle Paul? You know, most of us have it in our minds that apart from Jesus, the Apostle Paul was the only one who bore testimony of Jesus Christ in his gospel to the nations, which is certainly not true. We don't know their names and we don't know where they came from. We don't know that they might have already been residents in Lystra. But we do know that Eunice and Lois were Christians when the Apostle Paul encountered them on his second missionary journey. Where did they hear the gospel? From somebody, no doubt, somebody nearby. And I submit to you this was a second resource that Eunice and Lois very well might have had in raising their young son and grandson, the witness of other Christians in the community. But there was also a third resource. And that was her own faith in Jesus Christ. And her mother's faith. In Jesus Christ. Their own personal testimony before young Timothy had a profound impact in his young mind and in his young heart 
In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul writes to Timothy, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it was in you as well. How important is it, moms, grandmoms, great-grandmoms, how important is it, fathers and grandfathers and great-fathers, great-grandfathers and uncles and aunts, how important is it for us to live out our Christian testimony before the little ones in our charge? It had a profound influence on Timothy, but he's not the only one in Scripture. Hannah of the Old Testament gave birth to Samuel, her only son. And when he was weaned, she gave him to the Lord to be raised by Eli, the priest of God. And you find this in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. How significant is that? Hannah's faith moved upon her that this gift from God would be influenced by and raised by a priest from God. And you know the story when young Samuel grew to adulthood. He was the single individual that brought the nation of Israel back to God. He was the single individual who brought the nation of Israel back to God. How significant, how important is our witness to our children and our grandchildren? She sacrificed her son for his greater good by giving him to the Lord when Jesus was teaching one day we've already referred to this but when Jesus was teaching one day moms and dads brought their children to see and to hear Jesus and he blessed those children with open arms understand this truth dear friends I know that we know this, but we need to hear it. We need to be reminded of it again and again and again. Faith is not transferable to our children. Faith is not transferable to our children. Christian faith must be taught and it must be modeled before our children. They cannot inherit salvation from us. Everyone who desires to be saved must come to faith in Jesus Christ by an act of their own will. God has no grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. There are no proxy Christians. Salvation is personally received through personal faith in Jesus Christ. I could not save my two daughters. I could not save my three grandsons because that I have no power to do that. That is the work of Christ. But I can be a witness and I have been a witness before them of who Jesus Christ is and the salvation that Jesus Christ died on a cross to give them. 
I cannot save them. But there are things that we can do and that we should do to ensure that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren have a fighting chance against sin, against Satan, and against eternal damnation in hell. Number one, be sure of your own salvation. Be sure of your own salvation. The New Testament teaches us that we are to work out our own salvation in fear and in trembling. We are told in the New Testament that we should be sure of our calling in Jesus Christ. There should be no doubt in your heart or in your mind that you are in fellowship with the true and living God. Be sure of your salvation. If it's not real to you, listen, if it is not real to you, it will not be real to them. Second, live your faith moment by moment, day by day. Live your faith moment by moment, day by day. Actions speak louder than words. Telling a child Jesus saves is important. But proving to a child that Jesus saves is imperative. As mom used to say, the proof is in the pudding. And proving that the salvation which Jesus provides is imperative as you live it out in your life before the members of your family. Third, discipline your household under the moral teachings of Scripture. This is not to say that the Bible should be a tool of punishment. That's not what I mean when I say discipline. The idea of discipline is to disciple, to teach. Look at your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren as being students and give them, teach them the Word of God as Eunice and Lois taught Timothy. It is to be an instrument of instruction and then for Pray for your children. And as Stanley said in the presentation this morning, pray for them and pray with them. Don't just pray for your children, but gather your children around you and teach them to call upon the name of Jesus Christ themselves. Ignite the fires of the family altar in your home and gather around it every single day. Listen. We have 168 hours. Check that for me, Stanley. We have 168 hours in a week. Right? 24 hours a day, 7 days in a week. That's about 168 hours, right? 168 hours in a week. If we sleep 8 hours a night, that leaves us about 112 hours in a week. The church has maybe 2 hours a week to speak the Word of God, to teach the Word of God. If we even come to church at all, 
And so you subtract another two hours. That leaves 110 hours a week that the world has your children. 110 hours a week that the world has your children. And you may very well say, well, they'll spend about 48 hours a week in school being educated. True. But under whose influence? Under whose influence? Certainly not God's. If Christian parents and Christian guardians do not take the initiative to raise up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, then it's anybody's guess if they will ever come to faith in Jesus Christ. Not in the world that we're living in today. We must, as Eunice and Lois, we must prepare our children to be ready when the Holy Spirit of God moves upon their heart. We must prepare them. They must learn how to recognize the tug of Jesus Christ in their heart if they are to follow after the Lord. The only way to do that is to follow the example of Timothy's mother, and grandmother and to teach our children the word of God. Lesson number two. Lesson number two. Every child has the potential. Every child has the potential to be a faithful servant of Jesus. Every child has the potential of being a faithful servant of Jesus. Sometimes I don't think we recognize that in our children. Sometimes I don't think we believe that, those, that, that, that our children can be a faithful servant to Jesus. I don't know if Eunice and Lois saw that in Timothy, but they believed that God could use that boy to bring honor and glory to his name. What did Solomon write in Proverbs 22, verse 6? Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Why? Because every child deserves to be nurtured in the faith and in the service of Jesus Christ. They deserve that much from us. Every child has the potential to be a faithful servant of the Lord. Timothy was born around A.D. 17. Around A.D. 17, which was about 13 years before Jesus was crucified. Jesus was crucified in A.D. 30. Timothy was born around A.D. 17. But Timothy never saw, he never heard, and he never knew Jesus Christ in the flesh. He was off way away from Jerusalem and from Galilee when he was born and when he was being raised. He came to know Jesus Christ through the witness and the ministry of his mother and his grandmother. These two women prepared Timothy 
to trust in Jesus by teaching him the scriptures, number one, by living out their faith in the home, number two, by honoring God under very difficult circumstances for single women in that day, number three, and by preparing him from infancy to know and to serve the Lord. They modeled Christian faith in front of this young child. When the Apostle Paul came to Lystra on his second missionary journey, Paul was impressed with Timothy's genuine faith in Jesus Christ. Paul, the Apostle, he was probably 50 at that time since his missionary journey, second missionary journey was around AD 50 to 52. He was about 50 years old. Timothy would then be about 34 years old. So he was already a young man. But the Apostle Paul was so impressed by Timothy that he called him to be his disciple and assistant in that missionary journey. For over 10 years, they ministered together, bringing hundreds of people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in their missionary travels. Eunice and Lois prepared Timothy for that time when God would call upon him through Jesus Christ, save his soul, equip him to be a servant of the Lord. And that time came when the Apostle Paul visited them and called Timothy to follow him. The day that my father and my mother brought me home from the hospital and put me in my crib. They knelt together by that crib and they prayed that Jesus Christ would one day save me and call me into his service. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ that much to surrender my life to him the first week of my life. And they loved me enough to surrender my life to him that first week of my life. And they did the same for my oldest brother Ronnie, for my brother Bill, for my brother David, whom you know, and for my sister Marianne. All of us gathered round the family altar for Bible study and prayer every day that we were home. All of us went to church practically every time the doors were open. All of us were saved in due time. All of us have served the Lord in his church. Dear friends, this wasn't by accident. And this didn't just happen. God's word is true. Listen. Honor the Lord with your child. And the Lord will be honored by your child. Honor the Lord with your child, and the Lord will be honored 
by your child. Timothy applied himself to the ministry of the gospel and to the mentorship of the apostle Paul. And through the many years of his ministry with Timothy, Paul declared him to be his dearly beloved son in the faith. He called him his dear brother and the companion of his labors. And he said, Timothy was truly a man of God. Timothy ministered with Paul in Macedonia, in Philippi, in Thessalonica, and in Berea. And when the Apostle Paul left Berea, he left Timothy and Silas there to disciple the converts. When Paul traveled to Athens, he called for Timothy to join him there in that great city. When Timothy arrived, he gave a report as to what was going on in the churches of Macedonia. The Apostle Paul sent him back to Thessalonica to minister there. And then Timothy met up with Paul in Corinth where they ministered for a time together. Years later, Paul sent Timothy and Erastus to Macedonia and gave Timothy orders to refresh the minds of the Corinthian Christians with the truth of the gospel. When Paul returned from Rome in AD 64, he left Timothy at Ephesus to take care of that church. Timothy became the first pastor of the church in Ephesus. From Macedonia, the Apostle Paul wrote his first letter to Timothy. And he was encouraging to Timothy because Timothy, his first pastorate, I remember back at my first pastorate, it's not always pie and ice cream, dear friends. Timothy was having problems in his first pastorate. And Paul wrote this letter to encourage Timothy to stick with it. To, to stay in the saddle and to do the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He encouraged Timothy to remain steadfast in the truth of God's word, to shun the silliness of those who were weak in the faith, and to contend for the gospel in the face of heresy and apostasy. A year later, Paul traveled back to Rome, but this time he was a prisoner. He wrote to Timothy a second letter. It was a very personal letter filled with words of kindness and tenderness for his dear disciple and friend. He asked Timothy to come to him before the winter set in. This would be the winter of AD 67. He called Timothy to leave Ephesus and to join with him there in Rome, and to minister to him as Paul was in prison. And he asked him, bring the books, bring the scriptures, bring the scrolls with you, and some of the other things that I left behind in Troas. Tradition tells us that Timothy did go to Rome, but most likely was not a witness to the martyrdom of Paul in AD 68. That would be in June of AD 68. Timothy returned to Ephesus 
where he continued to pastor the church for quite a number of years. And tradition tells us that in AD 97, when Timothy was 80 years old, he was clubbed to death by a mob of pagan idolaters when he tried to stop their celebration of wickedness. Paul said to Timothy, I thank God. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you, Timothy, in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. What a wonderful word that would be from the Lord Jesus Christ to our children and to our grandchildren about us their parents and grandparents when they stand before him in glory. Children are a wonderful, precious blessing from God to us. And they deserve to be nurtured in the word of the Lord God, so that when the Holy Spirit calls upon them to come to Jesus Christ, they will come to him eagerly, desiring to know the Lord personally, whom they have heard from us continually since the day of their birth. I pray your blessing will be upon them throughout the remainder of the day and this new week ahead. And should Jesus tarry one more day before he returns, I pray, Lord God, that we will live this day as though it were our last and that we will be willing and ready to share the name of Jesus Christ with anyone who crosses our path. We thank you for loving us so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us so that we might have life in him. And I look forward to that day when I shall see my Lord face to face. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I ask, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Bible says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.